Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Grunge Spiro, the New Jersey-based spearfishing podcast where, just like the waters of the Northeast, we're down and dirty and ready to kill you with all things spearfishing. And now, your host, Big Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? As always, I'm your host, Big Tom, and you're listening to the Grunge Spiro Podcast, where we get down and dirty and let you to kill you with all things spearfishing, mighty. Okay. I wanted to try the intro. I wanted a pirate, and Lucky Charms came out. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Jimmy, Jimmy gets to do the intro. I'll stay away from the intro. Anyways, I hope everybody's had a good start to 2024 so far. I mean, we're only a month and a half in, so you can't really F it up too bad. Then again, I take that back. Last week was Valentine's Day, so if there was going to be a day of disappointment, that was going to be it. <laughs> Seriously, though, if you did get roped into that and that's your thing, I hope everybody had a safe and happy one. Um, as for me, I unfortunately had some bad vertigo going on, really, really bad. And since, you know, I want to get out diving within the next month and a half, I, I got concerned. You know, I started a new workout routine, some supplements, stuff I've been on in the past, but this vertigo was just, it was so bad. I, I could not get out of bed. I thought maybe I was reacting to something and no, blood work came back. I was just being a pussy, but better safe than sorry. Otherwise, nothing really happening on the news front. The water's pretty cold, understandable. It's the middle of winter. I think we're floating around 42 degrees, 43 degrees right now. Some tank divers I know though, they've, they've been going out for lead, stuff like that. Uh, lobster, Lobster, I guess, been around and active, but nothing really going on. I did happen to make it out and scope out a few new spots. Nothing really wowed me, but until you get under the water, you can't tell. Who knows? Once once everything warms up, we'll see. There's some potential there. I also went around and looked at a lot of my old spots. See, I don't have access to a boat. I'm primarily a shore diver, so I rely on bridges, inlets, and used to be jetties. Unfortunately, after Hurricane Sandy, we adopted this great policy in New Jersey called beach replenishment. That's where they take sand offshore, pump it onto beaches, and extend them by 100, 200 feet, whatever it is. And the result, we lost about 80% of our jetties since they started doing this. So I don't know if I'm still going to have my like little secret spots from season to season. It's It's truly an abortion, but... Anyway, my spots are there. I'm happy. All right, guys, real quick before we hop into our main discussion, just want to say thank you. Our listenership, our viewership, our downloads, everything's been going up. I'm forever grateful. Thank you, guys. It helps validate the page and makes me want to do this more. If you haven't already, go give us a like and a follow on Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. There's not a lot of content there right now, but I got a lot in the works and your follows help us greatly. So please go do that. And listen, if you guys have questions or comments or hell, you want to be on the show, and I'm not just restricting this to New Jerseyites, shoot me a message. Do not hesitate to reach out. All right, let's jump in. So the other day, I'm doing my morning cardio as usual. I have my video up, and I think I was watching like Ollie Craig or something, one of the usual fairs. And uh, girl next to me, she's like, oh, what's what's that? And of course, I'm, you know, trying to be cool and whatnot. It's one of these cute Brazilians that I like. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm telling, oh, that's, that's spearfishing and whatnot. And somehow it led to target practicing on crabs and listen i'm i'm not gonna lie we all started there and it's not right but the whole point of this it made me think and i thought it'd be a great episode morality and spearfishing but before we get there i just want to put a bit of a disclaimer out listen 
I am not standing on a pedestal. I am not judging anybody. I am a human. I am imperfect. And trust me, I acknowledge those imperfections. So to be very clear, there is no finger pointing. What I want to do is create the discussion. I want to develop a deeper conversation regarding issues that we as Spiros experience in and out of the water. But what does that look like? So let's take spearfishing and morality and let's put it up on the whiteboard and let's circle it. If we were trying to deconstruct that, there's three points of contention I think that are imperative to this conversation. Number one, etiquette amongst others. How do we interact with other Spiros? How do we interact with other watergoers? How do we interact with the public? Number two, spot ownership and spot burning. Is it right to go to somebody else's spot? Who knows? And number three, which is also the most morally conflicting topic on here, size limits and harvesting fish. All right, so let's break this down one by one. We've spoken about etiquette in the past, but that episode was more of a how. How should you do something? What's expected and what's respected in the community? Today, we're talking about the why behind it. So think of it like this. You go down to an inlet, a beach or whatever. You suit up. You got your whole camo suit on. You're carrying pretty much a firearm. You got all buoys and stuff. This is abnormal. We, we stand outside of normality for most people. Spearfishing is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the population. So when you're walking to your spot and whatnot, this is like an episode of Finding Bigfoot. And it, honestly, he's probably pretty freaking ugly. The whole point being something that is outside of the standard deviation is going to be scrutinized to the nth degree. So we have eyes on us. That spotlight comes with a price. So how we act can be the difference of how the community is received. I've said this a million times. We are ambassadors of what we do at all times we are doing it. Anytime we have a spear gun, we represent the spearfishing community as a whole. How you interact with the public is a direct reflection of the spearfishing community. See, though, these interactions, it's not just how we talk to others, it's our physicality. Are we bullish? Do we throw our stuff down? We got that attitude to us. Are we taking fish, throwing it on the, the deck and it's just all bloody and we leave it? You know, stuff like that. All of it plays a role in how the community's viewed. Okay, let's step aside from our public perception and whatnot right now. What about interacting with other spear fishermen? I got to tell you, the spearfishing community is one of the biggest mind boggles on earth. I swear to God. Now, I know many communities say, hey, we're a brotherhood and whatnot, but Spiros, it's truly different. We have this dangerous, dangerous sport, this beautiful connection, this ethereal. Yeah, I said ethereal. That's an SAT word. We have this ethereal connection to something bigger than ourselves. It's truly amazing. I mean, it's the hero's journey. Everything we want is in the back of the dark cave, but we have to get through the dragon. Now, that is what we're doing. We hop in the water and we fight that dragon and we get everything our hopes and dreams give us, you know? You think that that would make us more understanding of each other. Well, fuck that. Stay out of my spot and don't you dare think about shooting my fucking fish, goddammit. <laughs> Though, in all seriousness, some of the most generous acts of kindness I've seen have occurred amongst Spiros. I've also witnessed some of the nastiest fights. I don't know. Maybe it's just human condition. We've heard this story a thousand times, but how can we have such a shared experience but be so polarizing? I don't know. 
Now, listen, I don't want to exploit low-hanging fruit here. I don't want to hang on to the negative. I do want to say this just to sum up this section. You'll see where I'm going. Just hang with me. Okay, in the past few years, I've witnessed some of the most nonsensical BS when it comes to spear fishermen. To be fair, most of my time doing this, I was always a solo jetty diver, so I stayed away from people and whatnot, didn't have much interaction. But with beach replenishment, yeah, that crap we talked about earlier... It's created choke points. You know, we don't have the same playground anymore. So you factor in the explosion that COVID had with the interest of the sport. We now have probably the largest population the sport has had on the least amount of available land. That's a recipe for disaster. But listen, guys, <laughs> that's just the way it is. That's the new reality of the situation. This is going to cause interactions we like and we don't like. And how we handle ourselves with Spiros, the public and whatnot... It's a reflection of us, and it's a reflection of the community as a whole. Now, I could give a F what people think about me, but yeah, would I like to get invited back on the boat and out to comps and spear day? Of course I would. Sure, whatever. But I care about spearfishing as a whole, and I have seen fishing privileges revoked. When I was young, I got into saltwater fishing through bridge fishing, and I recall there was drunks getting into arguments, people getting hit by cars because they didn't know how to set a hook and run into the road. And there was a guy that even got stabbed. And after that, they said, nope, no way. And for years, that went away. I mean, I was left with thousands of dollars of equipment I had no use for. I don't want to see that happen to us. So for me, I try to be the best I can be. All right, class, let's move on. If we look at our proverbial whiteboard of spearfishing and morality, we go to point number two, we have spots, and I'm not talking about what's in your panties, calm down. But whether you're a spear fisherman or just a line guy, spots are like, I mean, that's like talking religion or politics at the dinner table. You just, you don't do it. See, the real point of contention here is spot burning. That's blowing up somebody's spot. If somebody takes you to an area and they're like, hey, keep it on the hush, the DL, and you're taking pictures and there's clear monuments so you know where it is, or next weekend they go back, you're there with 15 people that can create a pretty tense situation. But I think the conversation to be had lies more within the context of the spot. Just for the sake of keeping this moving, there's two types of dives. There's offshore and there's inshore. Offshore obviously being taking a boat out and doing what you do. Inshore being hopping off the beach. See, there's two different elements here. The offshore dive, and we're, we're keeping the, the crab pots and like the blue water stuff out of it, but the offshore dive where you're looking for wrecks and structure and whatnot... You have to comb your sonar, then you're going out, you're diving. It's It feels validated. But what about the inshore? I mean, that has to be a different animal, right? It's there for everybody to see. A beach is a beach. Come on. Well, I don't know. That's for you and each one of us to decide. I do know my personal you know, experiences. When I need to find a new spot, the first thing I do, if it's out of town, I look at Google Earth. And there's certain certain things I'm looking for, whether it's structure or the way the mortar moves or whatever. And I'll start there. Then when something looks promising, I'll take a drive down there and I'll try to hit it if I can at low tide, try to hit it at high tide. I mean, there's legwork involved, but it's not like I Scooby-Doo the shit out of this to find a spot. It's not rocket science. I, okay, let me give you kind of how I am and my view on this. So I don't mind if somebody dives a spot I know about. I try to keep things on the hush, but if people find out, it is what it is. The issue is not, to me, like overfishing. Oh, there's never going to be fish on that jetty. I, I've gone to some of the most populated dive spots, and I've come out with really good fish at all times of the year. So... That part I'm not worried about. 
I get concerned with the safety. When you have a bazillion guys in the water, it's unsafe. And most of the time, you don't, even guys you dive with make mistakes. But if you don't know somebody, you're just, forget about the the tenseness of being underwater and whatnot. You now have being underwater, sharks drowning, and some asshole shooting you in the leg. That is where I come from. I want the safety factor. So keeping spots on the DL is more of a safety thing than a overfish thing. It's not like some lake where there's, you know, there's maybe like five largemouth in it. Now this is starting to get interesting. Our whiteboard is developing a Venn diagram. This topic circles back really well to interacting with other Spiros. If somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, Joe, let's go out. I got this cool spot, but you got to keep it on the DL. He trusts you enough to bring you to this area he thinks is a gold mine or whatnot. If you blow that up, tell a bazillion people, well, there's maybe consequences to that. You may not get information next time. You're going to be limited in where to go. So that's the takeoff. Do you want more spots or do you want more dive partners? So it goes hand in hand. All right, being a self-proclaimed rock star, I'm going to use this analogy. I think it works well here. Life is a stage and you're the band. And when you're the band, you get free tickets and you decide who goes in the front row, who goes in the back, who has to pay for a ticket and who can't even come to the show. So in all aspects of your life, this applies. In spearfishing, I know who I want in the front row, who has to pay for a ticket, and who doesn't come with me. And that's just, we all have to scale that differently. Some of us have more trust than others and whatnot, but you learn and you develop and you alter that. So once you develop that, you'll realize, who do I want to bring to spots? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Am I doing just a casual dive? Okay, Joey can come. Am I doing this hardcore dive in some backwood spot I want people to know? Okay, Mikey's going to come. All right, let's uh, wrap this section up. Ultimately, there's two sides to this argument. There's the ownership of the spot and there's the leasee of the spot, you could say. If you're the owner of the spot, be mindful of who you bring because it's up to you. If you bring somebody out there and other people blow that up, that's on you. You brought them out there. You can ask people anything. That doesn't mean they have to abide by it. As for the leasee, do you want to be invited back? Do you want to be in the circle of trust? There lies the question, and that's for each one of you to decide. All right, guys, uh, we hit some really good topics today. You know, I want to fish up. Fish. I want to fish up. No, no. I want to finish up with the third point. You know, if we look at our whiteboard, which is all marked up and filled with great discussion, we see that we have harvesting fish. This is hands down the most morally weighted topic on this list. I mean, when it comes down to it, spearfishing is not about your gear. It's not about your breath hold. It's about going under the water and shooting an animal with a spear. See, I never really came from a hunting fishing background. I was an anomaly. The Boy Scouts really taught me and I just, I took to it. My parents were like, what the hell? Um, I did have early on in life a chance to meet a great uncle of mine who was very conservative in his mindset with, if you shoot something and you kill it, you use every aspect of it. You eat it, you use it. You have to respect the animal. You took its life, you owe it its respect. And that's primarily what set me on my kind of like moral compass. As I got older and I got exposed to other fishermen, other hunters, and I saw more of the circle of life, it gave me a slightly different view. Now, I don't really want to say view, that's a bad term for it, but it gave me it gave me an experience. So 
there's situations where, okay, maybe a fish is diseased and you didn't realize it, or it's filled with parasites and it's, you just can't use it without risk of getting sick, I guess. Well, do you throw it back in the water? You know, I, I would have initially, that would have never been an option for me growing up. As I got older and it's like, hey, if I throw that in there, it's going to get eaten soon, you know? It's not ideal, but it's an option. And that is what we have to decide. What, where do we lie with that? Now, that's not just necessarily with the initial, what am I going to do with the fish when I kill it? What happens if we're talking about shorts, for example? Now, let me get this out of the way first. I do know people who, they're very poverty stricken and hunting and fishing is how they feed their family. I only know one or two of those. That is not a normal occurrence. Most of us who are in the sport, we have the means. This is more of a hobby, but it's not for me to judge why. But moving situations like that out of here, try this one on for size. What if you go out, you're like, hmm, I'll try to get something for dinner. You hop in the water, you shoot one, and it's short. Well, nobody's around. Okay. You take it out to your truck, you go home, and you eat it anyway. But now, think about this situation. It's opening day of blackfish season. That jetty is packed to the brim, and you know there's the warden there. What are you going to do? You're still going to take it out? You're going to risk the... Uh, Risk the uh, the canter from your peers or the $50 ticket? Or are you going to shove it under the rock? And then when somebody comes by and says, man, do you see, I'm seeing these short fish under rocks. What the fuck? And you're like, yeah, you know, fuck them. <laughs> that is a little dill pickle. But listen, I'm not here to shame anybody. 99% of us have done it. And the 1% that haven't are just lying about it. Ultimately, our moral compasses, they're a sliding scale for each one of us. And that changes and it, it hones in, it narrows down based on our experiences. If something hasn't happened to us, we don't know how to handle it. So until something has occurred, it hasn't. Once again, you got to ride the wave that's in front of you. Listen, there's so many facets of this topic. I mean, we can go on for hours and we're, we already have a pretty hefty episode. There's probably the longest episode we have, but um, there's one topic I do really want to bring up. Uh, a year or so ago... Gentleman brought up the idea of shooting female fish. And it's an interesting point. You know, the whole, there's one female can lay a thousand eggs and it takes this long for them to mature. You throw that in with the overpopulated jetties and whatnot and poachers and everything, you, you have, a, it's disaster. So it's definitely something to think about. The other side of that coin, though, there are so many jetties and so many structures that are unfished in the state. Does one fish off of one jetty really make that difference? I know it's compounded and whatnot, but once again, that's an interesting piece of the conversation. For me, it was quite interesting because I remember reading this in the forum and all the arguments and stuff, and I just said to myself, I'm like, you know, I don't have to shoot a female. There's, <laughs> there's a ton of males out there, you know, think about it. How many, how, how many guys try to hunt down one chick, you know, on a dating site? Think about it. It's the same concept. The milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> oh, man, guys, you have been doing so well. And before we wrap it up, I just want to hit one more aspect of harvesting that you may not think of. Let's throw in social media to the mix. Think of this scenario. You go out, you do everything right. You shoot your slot bass. You're going to go home. You're going to cook it, you know, make it, smoke it, whatever. So now you post it online. Okay. Listen, I post my fish online. 
I like the camaraderie for it. You go, you bring home the bacon, and nobody cares because 99% of people don't know the work that goes into it. We as peers, we understand it. The average person, no, they don't do it. So online is a nice way to legitimize yourself, quote unquote. It's also a great way to make connections and, and learn from people. There's so many guys who've hopped into my inbox and I've hopped into theirs because I saw something that intrigued me and made me a better hunter for it in the end. But what if you shoot fish just for social media? This is definitely the most intriguing point of the discussion today, for me at least. It comes down to why we spearfish. So when I started, there was there was no like social media aspect to this. You know, I've said numerous times, you know, there were forums and that was it, but it was it was the experience for me. Listen, I want to compare this to the fitness world. I've seen many parallels to the point I'm trying to make. There is a certain type of content that gets likes. You know, let's not lie, sex sells, whether you're a guy or girl, the better you look, the more you're going to show. There's perks that come with it. And in the fitness world, there, there are people that work their ass off and there are people that are disgenuine. There are people that Photoshop. There are people that do that. Stuff like that happens here all the time. Now, I try to be the most authentic person I can be. You know, hey, as I said, I post my pictures online. I enjoy it. I'm a rock star. I like attention. Hell, I have a podcast and I hope you listen and share it. But where it kind of gets iffy, and this is for, you know, once again, all of us to decide with our own moral compass, we're throwing in the life of something. So when you now make the habit of shooting something not for the experience, not for the sustainability of yourself, but for the like of social media. That is an interesting take. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze everybody. We all have our own things, but it's it's just an interesting point to consider. You know, there's days where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to post anything. I just, I don't want to. That experience was for me. Hell, since I broke my camera at the end of last season, I probably had some of the best fish <laughs> I did all year, you know? Listen, just be present for the experience. But listen, whatever reason you spearfish, we are all part of the community. It is up to each and every one of us to develop our own moral compass. I hope this kind of just opened up a little bit of the conversation for you. And I hope that you shoot me a DM and we could have a discussion about it. Once again, if you have any questions or you want to be on the show, shoot me a message. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Big Tom. And this is The Grunge Bureau. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Grunge Spiro. You can find us on the internet on all social platforms at The Grunge Spiro, wherever you get your podcasts. 